0: This season, all your favorites have one home for the holidays. Yours with Disney+. Merry Christmas! Moana, Woody, Buzz, Captain Marvel, Darth Vader, and Homer will all be there, so make room. Make Disney+, Plus your home for the holidays. Streaming Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, Nat Geo, and 30 seasons of The Simpsons. That's something to celebrate.
1: Merry Christmas to you! Uh-huh.
0: All these and more now streaming. Go to disneyplus.com to sign up now. Right now, when you come in and switch to T-Mobile, you get the amazing iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. (sighs) Ah, aren't these mountains majestic? Joe, are you even looking? I'm posting these amazing pics I took with my iPhone 11 Pro. It has three cameras. Whoa, those pics are amazing. And you have service too? T-Mobile. Their newest signal goes farther than ever before. Uh, then you can look up whether these are bear tracks, right? Or we could just run come to a t-mobile store today and get iphone 11 pro on us with iphone 10s trade-in and right now get four lines for just 30 bucks a line with autopay. switch today contact us if you cancel or credits may stop in full price due plus taxes and fees via 24 monthly credits for well-qualified customers with qualifying service and finance agreement zero down with trade-in plus 3125 times 24 months pre-credit price 999.99 zero 99. percent apr while supplies last
1: Welcome to the Barcelona Podcast, Episode 104. Unmissable opinions brought to you by the most influential voices in the FC Barcelona community. Thanks again for tuning into the show. You can tap in your show notes on the app and check out the show notes to subscribe. You can also find us on social media on Twitter at the Barcelona Pod, we're at HeltonD13 for me, and on Instagram at the Barcelona Pod. Our closed Facebook group, which if you had tuned in to the earlier show this week with at Deanna Christine on Twitter, obviously you know her, Deanna Christine, a friend of the show. We did La Ronda, where we got our questions from the closed group on Facebook. That's tbpod.link backslash group. We also do deeper dives and discussions in that group, so check that out. You can ask to join, just three easy questions. You answer the questions, and this is what I do say, answer the questions, and it's an easy let in. You get the green light, and you can join that discussion and ask those questions. You can also help us out on Patreon. It is our Patreon page that allowed us to make Monday's show. And again, a big thank you to all those who do contribute and help us to continue making new episodes of the Barcelona Podcast. That's why we have two this week, and I promise you on Monday that we had or Tuesday that we had a special guest and that is why if you again you're on Twitter, you know Deanna Christine and you also probably know this next guy, my co host for the day, Ahmad, best known as at Ahmad F underscore O on Twitter. And of course that will be just click on his name in the show notes and you can follow him, give him a follow if you don't already. But he's a man known for stirring the pot, not playing nice with internet trolls, but also giving Great detail and great conviction behind the opinions he does have. And Ahmad, thanks so much for finally joining the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be part of the show.
1: So today we're getting into La Gran Pagunta, as we didn't have one on Tuesday. And today's La Gran Pagunta is going to go in a lot of different directions here. Do we overvalue international performances? And while the spark that, that lit this fire initially, Ahmad, was messy this is again being last week, didn't make the final three for FIFA's best. And so the backstory behind this is that Ronaldo, or as in Cristiano Ronaldo, Luka Modric, and Mohamed Salah are the three finalists for FIFA's best award. They top a short list of 10 players, which obviously Messi was on, along with Man City's Kevin De Bruyne, Rafael Varane from France, Real Madrid, Antoine Griezmann from Atletico, Chelsea's Eden Hazard, Tottenham's Harry Kane, and PSG and France's Kylian Mbappe. And Modric, at the Champions League draw, was also named as the best player in Europe for the season, Madrid winning the positional prizes for goalkeeper in Keller Navas, Sergio Ramos took home defender, Modric got midfielder, and Ronaldo got forward. And with all those awards being handed out to the Champions League winner, the team that finished fourth in the Liga last year, and looking at even the final three, where... Mbappe didn't even make that or Griezmann for the World Cup it seems like a lot of weight was put in the Champions League that's why Messi again for all his records last year for all he did in the domestic campaigns in Copa del Rey and even for the performance he had with Argentina at the World Cup making it to the knockout stages when it didn't seem likely at all it seems like the awards really do just focus on the Champions League and I don't know if we can read too much more into that
2: yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, the awards have always been like that. So uh, the players that have been doing well in the Champions League get the most credit. And uh, when it comes to uh, Messi and Barcelona, they're, they're basically the, the, the victims of their own success. And uh, when it comes to La Liga and how easy it has become to, for Barcelona to, to win the league, Um, This isn't really coming for Barcelona's advantage or Messi's advantage. The league is becoming something that is trivial for Barcelona. Even um, people expect us to win the league every season and that's becoming relatively bad for uh, when it comes to individual trophies. And our play play is becoming recognized by the media. So uh, Messi won't really achieve anything on the individual level as long as uh, we don't reach uh, the Champions League final or, of course, win it. So um, as things stand, I think it's going to be the case for uh, the next few years as well. Uh, The league won't matter as much. Neither will the Copa del Rey, obviously. So it's all about the Champions League. It's all about the prestigious competitions. Um, And I think that's that's what really plays a huge role in in, in these individual trophies. And it's always going to stay as such.
1: And that's incredible to me, because when you watched Messi in La Liga games, week in and week out, the consistency he showed... And again it wasn't every Barcelona play, but the consistency that Messi showed just phenomenal in, in I can only name one or two and I'm not talking just about the Roma game and obviously Messi didn't even start in the Levante loss, but for Messi there were very few moments where he seemed to be sluggish and starting slow. And then there were other times when if you watch the first last season, the first twenty minutes of the the second Celta S- de Vigo game that I mean, he was just otherworldly, and we I know we say that a lot, but there was a 20-minute stretch when I, I don't think any Celta De Vigo player could physically even touch him, and I don't know if—and we know this—I don't think any other player in the world gets to that level, but that said, again, the people who are voting on this, as you're mentioning, aren't watching La Liga games week in and week out, and when you talk about even that shortlist— you can't tell me that everybody on that voting committee is watching each of these guys so regularly in their league campaigns that they're able to uh, you know, truly make an educated decision on this and, and that's why you even look at the international break where this is a time when players do not only make their name but these are the results and things that you remember even more so than the current domestic campaigns going on because obviously Champions League hasn't started so the guys that now are at the forefront of whatever this year's conversation is are the ones that did well at the nation's cup and i guess we can start with spain there that you know that six nothing win over croatia after croatia had made the final of the world cup this is obviously why modric gets a lot of attention and it doesn't it doesn't hurt that he's also with real madrid but i think it puts a weird question i want to bring up even Rakitic here that it puts Rakitic in a weird position here you look at this 6 nothing loss to Croatia, and obviously him looking distraught has been on all these papers and all these headlines, and after the World Cup, it seemed like the world got to learn just how important he is, and while, the, and while so many Kool-Aids don't rate him for what he is, and, and yet the second Spain dominates him in his 100th cap, casual viewers who finally rated him properly after the World Cup obviously just turned on him, and it's so easy to discard a player after one match. So I, I don't understand how someone so devout to both club and country can always be so polarizing. He does, he's not an Ibrahimović, he's not a Diego Costa kind of character. He's just such a, a, a go-with-the-flow, unpolarizing personality, and yet he's such a polarizing guy. But for all the bad headlines, I, I guess I'm still happy to see that he got some of the positive attention he deserves. But I, I don't know, I, I think it just puts him in a weird position, playing in these huge matches in, in the World Cup final and then coming back to Barcelona and knowing that Barcelona is not being watched week in and week out by everybody that now Kule is the ones who are watching those matches seem to not rate him again properly.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think Rakitic is a, is a very special case because um, he arrived in, a, in, a, in an age where Chavi was leaving the club and uh, the club was looking for a proper replacement that is uh, basically a person, a player who's uh, technically gifted and someone that the Barcelona fans can relate to uh, and the record isn't exactly that to a certain extent he isn't the most technically gifted player in the world and um, he doesn't exactly have the DNA that is that which is which is basically wrong in any case but uh, it's some it's a common topic that's that's always discussed and that's why the fans will never really relate to him on any level maybe the fans who watched Barcelona before Pep Guardiola to a certain extent might might uh, relate to him, but uh, many fans won't, and uh, that's never going to change because the the image that they have of him and uh, the the thing that is being displayed the most on the media is that he's the hard worker type of player. He's the uh, he's the player that's going to give the most effort on the field and so on. And they don't really discuss his ability to um, create and his ability to help out the team in, in, in much more intelligent ways. Uh, I think he's a, he's also a victim of the media to a certain extent. When it comes to uh, social media, of course, that's very uh, obvious. And when it comes to the, the national team, he was um, in a situation where Modric was getting all the attention. And that's normal because overall he's, he is the better player. Um, he got less recognition overall throughout his career. I think some players are just unlucky that way for the setting that they're that they're in. I'm sure many fans, um, probably the ones that are that are outside social media and probably of uh, the ones that have witnessed different Barcelona sides who have a different type of uh, exposure and so on, would possibly uh, rate like it for what he is and not imagine him uh, under a different context and then criticize him accordingly so as things stand i don't think that's uh, ever going to change i just appreciate him for what he's providing for the team so far for his effort and he's, he's a very dedicated person he's a he's a professional and he, he never really caused any issue uh, unlike other players so uh, as things stand i'm just glad to have him and uh, i'm just hoping that he can still uh, provide uh, a lot of support for for the team in, in this next season
1: yeah, along with Busquets and Coutinho, he's the incumbent starter. And, and speaking of Busquets and continuing on with the Croatia theme, that Spain 6 nothing drubbing of Croatia, the reason it stands out during this international break is not only because Barcelona didn't have that many players who actually even were sent out. Uh, we saw the Jasper Sillison with the Netherlands team and Umtiti and Dembele out with France, and we had Busquets to Spain. And the reason we focus on that Busquets game and obviously obviously we talked about Rakitic already but only Sergio Busquets for Barcelona started in that game Sergio Roberto was available off the bench and that's a team now led by Luis Enrique that obviously in that dismantling performance looked like a reinvigorated side looked like they had things really together in a way that they never truly did had captured at the World Cup they seem more direct they play Luis Enrique style and I even saw you mentioning that Luis Enrique, and you've defended him before, Ahmad, and you have to agree with it. And Not only did he, you know, in 2015 was at a fantastic campaign led by that front three trident winning the, the Champions League Cup, but Luis Enrique seems to, in hindsight, because of the way he left Barcelona, already become some undervalued manager of Barcelona, as if people don't remember the heights that Barcelona were able to be, were flying at when he was with the team... And that said, though, with Jordi Alba not selected and Gerard Piquet now retired, do you think this is also a bad look for Barcelona in not having a major role in the Spanish national team anymore? So I think this is two entirely different topics. So I, I think you go with in whatever direction you want to go with, either in the value of Luis Enrique now and in his time at Barca, or whether we talk about the the, the amount of Barcelona players in the Spanish national team and what that means for not only Barcelona's cultural identity in the, in the nation they're still a part of or what that means just about the, I guess as a compliment to the international makeup of, of the team.
2: When it comes to Luis Enrique, I think he arrived in, in a similar uh, situation like he, like he did when it comes to uh, Barcelona in 2014. And a lot of people don't remember this, but in 2014, the team was in a, in a very specific phase. It was very critical to have someone uh, on the team that would push the team forward. You're talking about your captain, Carlos Puyol, uh, 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 he decided to retire the year before. Uh, Messi was on, 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 on the worst form of his career, basically. Uh, and yes, the people were doubting Iniesta overall. They were doubting Dani Alves if he could continue like this or not. Uh, they were doubting how uh, dedicated Piquet was and if he could actually gain, regain his form or not. And uh, then Luis Enrique stepped in, and everyone seemed to find uh, found his, uh, their their forms again. And and, th- and that was the the incredible part. He what what he did and his work in the team was more uh, mental than anything else. And that's mentioned in Iniesta's book. It, it's mentioned when when Pique is talking about Luis Enrique. They say something very specific, and they all repeated the same thing, the same idea which is that um, they thought about things differently and they were pushed further by Luis Enrique. So what he did is that he revived this generation of players and he brought in some type of uh, motivation. And that's what they needed. These guys did not need to learn about football. They know it more than anyone. What they needed is some type of motivation to move forward, to win more trophies. You've won everything so far, but that, that, that's not enough. Let's win more. That's what they did in 2015, 2016. So they had just lost the league trophy and they've witnessed Real Madrid winning uh, the Champions League League trophy in 2014. So they went on and they won the league and the Champions League. And the year after, they won the league again and and the Copa del Rey. So um, he brought in something that was much needed. And the same case applies to uh, Spain. Uh, Spain don't have uh, these uh, experienced players anymore. So Piquet retired and uh, is out of the way as well. You have many players who are not there. So, in the case that they're in, they had these incredible young players like Asensio, like Isco, and all of the remaining players can provide a lot. But in the World Cup, they were going through a very tough phase. They had just lost their coach a few days earlier. And um, I think that was a a tough uh, patch for them. So, recently, he came in as a savior type of uh, person for them. So, uh, he came in to motivate them, to push them further. And that's exactly what they displayed against Croatia. uh, this type of dedication and motivation appears the most under Luis Enrique, and that's what that's what the, we had with him as well. So, uh, whether when it comes to the comeback versus PSG or all the successful events, it's all because of the team being dedicated enough and wanting to show more. So that's when it comes to Luis Enrique, and when it comes to Spain, Spain and Barcelona's presence in the in the national team, I don't think it's um, I don't think it's weird that we don't have many Barcelona players in the national team. After we have. Um tt uh, a French player. and we have uh, Alba who's uh, obviously uh not gonna be picked by recent league anytime soon because of the the thing that went on back then. We have PK who retired so that's it we have to stick with German you, you don't have these uh extreme Spanish players or the good Spanish base who could actually make it. so you don't have Sergio Roberto who did actually make the final cut so uh, everyone else is either uh not Spanish or not good enough simply and and that's something that the Barcelona fans have to deal with we don't have the best uh Spanish players anymore so they all uh, either retired or left simply so Thiago for example is a player who, who left who's not here anymore and Iniesta is a player who retired so that's it we don't have the same generation anymore Sadly.
1: yeah and the only worry that that has and this was brought up a, f- a few weeks ago on, on this show that with the academy it's it's unbelievable how many Catalan products Barcelona is able to churn out, and even even if they don't break into the first team, just the no- sheer number. Again, Catalonia is not one of the largest regions in the world. It is it is a large region with a, a lot of people in it, but it's not one of the largest bases in the world for footballing talent. And yet, Barcelona is able to churn out Catalan product after Catalan product that that they're able to pick up out of their own backyard. My only worry is that in the same way that Real Madrid brought, I guess we'll say won the signature, and we don't know how hard Barcelona were fighting for the signature of Dani uh, Ceballos, but when they're able to grab those kind of talents and bring them in the way they did, and that being Real Madrid, the only worry is that a a 8-year-old, a 9-year-old, a, a, a 10-year-old is going to be watching their you know the Spanish national team at some point, and they're going to say, well, I want to be playing for Spain. I want to be there, and so my future if Real Madrid and Barcelona's academies are both asking me then Real Madrid is is my my better shot that's the dream that's the team that represents Spain and so that would be the only fear is that that youth products and I'm talking real young in Spain start to believe that Real Madrid is more connected to the national team than Barcelona is and the truth is that it always has kind of been that way obviously that's the way it works that's I mean the, the whole controversy of Barcelona and Girona going to the states again does at least half of it revolves around the, the, the Catalan independence movement and the way that those two teams are represented and what they do represent. And that said, that's that's only my big fear is that this is a big product, a big issue down the line. And mind, you could even curve that. This is again coming from someone who lives in the United States, so I see the issues with the, the, the U.S. team and the way that Mexico has the pull, particularly on players closer to the, the U.S.-Mexico border, because Mexico promises certain things and they have a, a plan that it seems like the U.S. at times doesn't showcase, and so that's the way that I think that Real Madrid would say, look at here, we're in the Spanish national team in a way that Barcelona doesn't, so my only worry is that Barcelona is gonna lose some of those local talents. Like Abu Ruiz, like an Ny- Pena, those are guys that are not from Catalonia, but instead from the Valencian community, and so those would be two guys that might even reconsider. Not those two particular, but players of that ilk.
2: Yeah, I think I think this is this will go down to, to how the management deals with things in the 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 next the couple coming years. Because um, as things stand, they could actually sign some Spanish players, and some could actually make it, and some would not. The same thing for Real Madrid. Story could have players as well who end up not making it. So um, I think Real Madrid are doing better than us in terms of signing the the Spanish players that would eventually. on to the national team, but when it comes to Barcelona, you'd have some certain players who, for example, Paco Alcacer, for example, you have uh, certain players who uh, simply did not make it. And that's not really the, the, that's not really Barcelona's fault in any way. So uh, true, when it comes to Danny Ceballos, for example, the the, the club could have done better. But in any case, Danny is not exactly uh, having the time of his life at Real Madrid either. So, Luis uh, Enrique picked him because of, uh, I think, his young age and so on, and he believed in him. But uh, under any coach, uh, he could have easily missed out on Danny, for example, and, uh, and moved on, and no one would, would have really talked about it. So, I think it's a matter of how the management deals with things in the, in the next uh, few years, in terms of uh, luring in some, some young talent and uh, making sure that they're more represented in the national team. I think that Barcelona will never lose that uh, presence in the national team and even if uh, this current uh, team doesn't have many talents in the next few years you might uh, notice more and more uh, players emerging because these things change and the selection and the coach's selection um, has always uh, changed and um, I don't think there is much to worry about at the moment. It's all about um, how the management will move further in terms of signing Spanish players and who they're going to pick. So, yeah, I don't think there is much to uh, – it's just a matter of predicting at the moment.
1: Right, and and seeing that the shelf life of players at the international level, and we are seeing at the youth level, of course, Abel Rees, he was – the star and we have a over at barcelblog.com if you check that out we did a la masia profile of him a few weeks ago and just talking about some of his international success and even the guys who paired with him for those games whether it was a, a judy mbula now with monaco started with barcelona sergio Gomez who started with barcelona now with dortmund so you do have guys coming from the la masia still making appearances for spain youth teams and we'll see where all those guys, again, who do have that Barcelona background instead of Real Madrid background, seeing where they break through. Well, another quick one-off topic here, and again, I just want to get your quick thoughts on this. Just to kind of go along with our themes of overvaluing international performances, it seems like Yuri Mina was also nominated by his fellow professional footballers, so not just writers, but the other footballers, for the FIFA Pro World 11. He is one of those guys who, a candidate, not necessarily making the Pro 11 but he is one of the nominees, and obviously it was those performances at the World Cup that got his value to be what it was, and when he went to Everton and his market value was so high, he did go for the amount that he did, which is a good thing for Barcelona's pay, payroll, and yet it does help that he's still very young, that his market value is so high, but obviously anyone who watched Levante, Levante and who watched mean, at Barcelona last year knows that, I mean, he was selected to be this, for this nomination just simply because of the few matches he played at the World Cup. And that does kind of show you that, I mean, when all eyes are on players and all eyes are on guys, that that's when people notice and take notice. And do you think there is something to say that the players that show up in those big, big matches that... There is a special X factor about some of those guys that can deal with that kind of pressure in ways that, again, when Mina couldn't figure out how to show up against Levante, a team that you can almost guarantee he didn't know about until he was basically in Spain, as opposed to when he has to go up against the likes of Japan or or Nigeria or these world-renowned teams that he's known watching the World Cup since he was a kid. The
2: true thing about Yuri Mina is that he's not... Uh, a good defender overall just to uh just this is basically like the main point that needs to be uh, said out loud he's he's not among these uh he shouldn't be a part of the nominees for sure um when it comes to the um how people uh people's perception of the international competitions and knockout competitions in general so the most prestigious ones which are the champions league and the world cup uh, or of course any, any any other international competition um of course, when more people are watching and when you're the one scoring since, since um, recently and it wasn't the case like uh, 10 or 12 years ago, uh, if you score, you have uh, a specific place in people's minds. So even if, if it's not even your job, so um, people will look at you differently immediately. But in, in reality, the, what, what he displayed, and whether against Levante or any other side that he faced, is his actual set of skills. Uh, and I think we should like differentiate between what he actually can do and what the public wants to believe that he can do. So we're uh, not going to change what the, what the public thinks. And um, the public have defined some certain things throughout the past few years. That's why Messi is not among the top three. They've defined some certain... Competitions that they look at they've defined some certain aspects of a, of a player's game. So if you're scoring you're there If you're not scoring you're not there uh, If you're in a top competition and you're doing things you're there if you're playing in a It's like it is a top competition the Liga, for example uh, it's, it's simply not as important. So um, I don't I basically we, we do overvalue what what happens in, in, in International competitions and I don't think it's it's fair for for countless players. And for Mina specifically, it's uh, it put him in a very weird place. He's not among these people yet. He could become a much better friend later on. As things stand, he's not there simply, and they're just pushing him to be there, which is which is very odd.
1: Another aside we had. This is the time during this international break when we spent all summer dealing with it, but it's a time when the rumor mill really gets wild and going. And Flamengo midfielder Lucas Paqueta, who played with Coutinho and played with Arthur with Brazil, made his debut the same time Arthur did against the U.S. It seems like in the reports that come out involving these stories, the kind of language that you see is stuff like Barcelona looking to strengthen and renew their midfield, which to me, obviously, these are the kind of key words that you can see and find that tell you how much rubbish a story like this is. I mean, with Busquets, Coutinho, Rakitic, and then Vidal, Rafinha, Roberto, Alenia, Samper, and even Puj and Kayada below him, where is another new professional, particularly one like Piqueta, who needs grooming, and he's in his early 20s, so he needs time. When is he going to feature? It just seems silly to me. That this is this, when these stories come out and uh, Ahmad as again you're a big figure on social media you really do have to question whether or not you hit retweet on certain things or what you like and what you mention and which players that you take a stand on because you don't know which ones are truly linked to Barcelona which ones aren't so what's the process that you go through to figure out if something is truly rubbish or not.
2: We are talking about purely uh, just checking the credibility of
1: something that I read, right? Of course. Um, Yeah, I don't, when it comes to uh, these things, just check the sources, for example, that's it. And
2: usually I ignore, like, you could say 95% of everything I read. Because what I've learned over the past five years on social media is that, as you mentioned, There's a lot of rubbish when it comes to uh, everything that you see on Twitter specifically. Because on Twitter you have much more rumors than any other platform in any case. So I decide to ignore like 95 to 98% of everything I read. And I just uh, stick to the Catalan, some some of the Catalan uh, journalists, for example. And also I take that basically as uh, just an indication. I don't read much into it. So I like to avoid uh, such headlines as much as possible because I've learned that uh, they're only going to lead to uh, some strange misconceptions so I decided to just avoid them
1: Yeah well let's wrap this topic of overwragging international performances up with our, our final we'll say big chapter of this and what I do want to ask is let's actually just break this down honestly and straightforward when Messi announced at the beginning of this year at the Super Copa that barcelona what the gambert trophy should i say that barcelona is has their focus this year on a champions league in a way that they didn't this is him taking over the captain's armband him saying that he this is the goal he wants to bring back the champions league trophy and it seems to me that there's an understanding there by messi that part of his and barcelona's legacy is going to be defined by the champions league trophies obviously as we've been talking about this whole show much more than the league of titles And, you know, listen, I I do, I love watching La Liga and the domestic league here in the States, but here in the U.S., where, as we've said, nowhere near is La Liga given the credit it deserves, largely due to the availability on the American TVs, as I discussed with Diana Christine on Tuesday's show, but even with the Premier League and Bundesliga largely being boiled down to the success of their champions, I, I mean, who had a better year last year, Man City or or Liverpool, Man City cruising to the Premier League title, Liverpool getting to the Champions League final and knocking out City. I mean, that's a serious question to ask in the face of the media and the way that we're gonna remember it. And it's silly just to uh, just to think about posterity, but that is a question you ask about, about legacy. And that's something that Messi now, at the, this point in his career, begins to wonder. And I know he's never cared about the legacy. He just really just wants those trophies. He's always said that. But you have a trophy now so connected to his legacy, and the unfortunate reality may be, and I think it is, is that this era is defined by these inconsistent knockout titles, then that's the way that it has to be, and that's the way that it's going to be done. It has the biggest platform, the most money, the most ad revenue, and has the biggest brands in the world competing, and in 2018, that's going to be the trophy you want to take home in ways that it might not have been 30, 40 years ago. And in the case of the World Cup, I think it differs a little bit from the Champions League in that players don't choose where you're you're born or who you're born to. But that is a competition that started all of this, the World Cup did. And comparing the two, I think, is a trial for another time. So just focusing on the Champions League, you know, the consistency of the Liga is much, much more gratifying for you and I week in and week out. But that's unfortunately not what history is going to remember. And Messi knows that. So I think it's a positive thing that the focus has been directed and I, I think, we've again, we've broken all this down, but I guess the big question that I ask you, Ahmad, is that how do you think, in hindsight, this, not lack of Champions League trophies, because, again, the team has five in a, what is it, a 13-year period, but or four in a 13-year period, but where do you see all this, this shaking out for his legacy, for Barcelona in this time's legacy? Even the post-Pep years now has... Has, has been six, seven, eight years of time has gone by that you wonder how we're going to discuss this in the future?
2: Yeah, when it comes to the Champions League and uh, its importance to the club and to Messi, it's, it's becoming more and more important for two main reasons. The, the first reason is that uh, we're not winning it, which is like the obvious reason. The second reason is that uh, your rival and like the, the, the main purpose why. You do things, and when you push yourself further, is actually winning it. And uh, the, the, um, well, there's there is a third reason, and it's considering how prestigious it is. And um, the gap between the Champions League and league trophies is um, is only gonna continue to increase because of the countless things that you mentioned, uh, ad revenue and ad exposure that that all the teams are getting. And this will only increase with time. As for the Liga, no, it's gonna stay as such uh unless they they go into different countries and so on which is totally a totally different topic but um as things stand the liga will never increase its uh, um, importance the the competition itself is becoming um barcelona's competition with occasional uh, real madrid or atletico wins which is uh, good for us but overall it's becoming uh, very similar to bundesliga where you have one side that's dominating and people will eventually lose interest. As for the Champions League, you have uh, different teams and more drama involved and uh, more things to um, basically more small factors that create these exciting uh, matches and these uh, surprising incidents. And that's why it's always going to be the most prestigious. So as for Messi, I think that a Champions League trophy or another one because he won the past uh, four, Um, another Champions League trophy will not make his uh, legacy in any way better. It's it's always going to be, his status as a footballer is never going to change. He's always going to be recognized as uh, the best of all time, and for some people, one of the best of all time. This Champions League trophy won't really uh, change anything about his career. Uh, Everyone knows what he has achieved. I believe he wants to provide something to the people uh, of Barcelona, to the people that were in the stands that day. He was trying to tell them that we will try our best to make sure that this trophy, the one that you've been asking for for the past uh, three years, since 2015, uh, is coming back. And that's something to motivate the fans to make sure that they uh, come to the stadium, to make sure that they're always uh, excited about matches and so on. So I think he's doing this as a, a leadership type of thing. He's trying to show that he's there. He's trying to show that he's going to push as hard as possible. And I think that's uh, that's really uh, great because uh, the club needs this at the moment. The club needs uh, a Champions League trophy in order to gain back this type of exposure and this type of um, significance. As long as Real Madrid keep winning it, Barcelona will always be affected somewhere or the other, sadly.
1: Yeah, that's just the way it is. And uh, uh, One of the last one-offs before we wrap this show up. And speaking of the Champions League, the Barcelona Femini, this this is in the news, were defeated 3-1 in Kazakhstan in the first leg in the round of 32. Now the women's division is a little different. They don't do the group stage like the other Champions Leagues do, but it's a round of 32, two legs. And so now on Wednesday the 26th, they have a lot of work, that being this month, they have a lot of work to do back in Barcelona to keep that up. And for the Barcelona Femini, their exposure and the following that they have with the international superstars they have whether it's leggy martins tony dugan again those are international superstars on that team too so losing in kazakhstan would be one of the biggest upsets that we've seen unfortunately a, a big big bad piece of press for a team that unfortunately just doesn't get enough coverage and does not get enough people talking about them so again best of luck to the femini now in about a little less than two weeks time and now lastly a the question i'll i'll wrap this show up with this is a light easy one The third kits, inspired by an aerial view of the city and the city's famous layout of um, uh, what do you, I guess you call them super blocks in English, I can't remember the Spanish word for them, but they don't seem to be well-liked, but what kits are praised on, release outside of the away senera kits from a few years ago, obviously everything is usually hated on on Barcelona, uh, uh, for Barcelona on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, wherever, Instagram, wherever you might have you. But... What do you think of them, Ahmad? I'll just ask you, and then I'll follow up that up by saying, is we get on our Twitter pages again, a lot of our great listeners and and fans of the show like to put up the jerseys that they've collected. So I would go back and ask you if you were to design an away kit and the third kit, Ahmad, what would what would they look like for you?
2: Oh, I, I have no idea. But when it comes to the current third kit, the one that was recently. Uh, displayed I think that I like it but I I would change the colors definitely that's it It's just a matter of preference in in this case Um, I like the third kits of 2016 they were I think they were the blue ones I don't don't remember but uh, as things stand uh, I prefer a a much darker color every now and then or something that is uh, just one plain color just like we had in 2012 for example we had the black uh, kit for example we could try this out again So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think what... And and people now saying that Nike and Barcelona, maybe they shouldn't be working together. But for me, it's just all a matter of... And there's so much written and so many wonderful blogs. And again, one of the reasons the internet exists is so that we we can talk for hours and hours and hours about uniforms and, and club identity and how those things are related. But Ahmad, again, thanks so much for coming on the show. We'll wrap this one up. And I just want to give you a chance. Obviously, people can find you on Twitter, but... What would you say, again, I guess is your pitch for people not only to follow you, but where else can they find some of your work?
2: Um, no, actually, all of everything that I post uh, is only on Twitter. So that's the only place where I'm active. I don't want to bother more people than Twitter people. So <laughs> I think that's more than
1: enough, yeah. Well, again, Ahmad, thanks so much for coming on to the show. And thank you to the listeners for listening to another edition of the Barcelona Podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Forza Barca.
0: Right now, when you come in and switch to T-Mobile, you get the amazing iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. Ah, <sighs> aren't these mountains majestic? Joe, are you even looking? I'm posting these amazing pics I took with my iPhone 11 Pro. It has three cameras. Whoa, those pics are amazing. And you have service too? T-Mobile. Their newest signal goes farther than ever before. Uh, then you can look up whether these are bear tracks, right? Or we could just run. Come to a T-Mobile store today and get iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. And right now, get four lines for just thirty bucks a line with AutoPay. Switch today. Contact us if you cancel, or credits may stop. In full price due plus taxes and fees. Via twenty-four monthly credits for well-qualified customers with qualifying service and finance agreement. Zero down with trade-in plus thirty-one twenty-five times twenty-four months. Pre-credit price nine ninety-nine ninety-nine. Zero percent APR while supplies last.